Busan Saibin. So finally here, right? I'm not talking about Lahma, not yet, but Holy Week is here. Resurrection, God willing, is next week. Um, it's a very, very exciting time. Like uh, we're talking about it after we went out for lunch. That over like a couple of minutes, everything changed. Um, and today's gospels kind of focus on. There's like almost like a, a mood swing that takes place. So we go from very happy, a lot of hosannas, to a lot of predictions and Christ himself speaking towards what's about to come next, which is the cross. And there's one question that kept coming up a few times. Does anyone pay attention to what that question was? Who, who, who am I, right? Who am I to you? Who do the people say that I am? That was the first one. And then he would repeat it again to the disciples. Who do you say that I am? I want us to almost like change the wording a little bit. So instead of who do you say that I am, I want us to kind of think about who do your actions say that I am. So instead of who do you say that I am, who do your actions say that I am. Because thinking about it, defining who God is in words, it could be slightly easy. You know, you could get very theological with it, or you could be, you know, on a personal level who God is to you, or um, like an overall, all, all types of religion answer as well. You could say, you know, God is love, God is the creator, God is all of these things. It's a little bit easier. But imagine with me a world where there is absolutely no way of communicating. You can't read, you can't speak, you can't listen, you can't do any of those things. Will people really know who is a Christian and who isn't? If there is no way to communicate, just solely based off our actions, can we tell who is a Christian just based off of the actions? I think that's a hard question to answer. So I want us to just focus on one thing that this week brings. One way to kind of show our faith, to show it in action. One way to really be imitators of God. Um, Before I get into it, yesterday, a few uh, of the high schoolers and I went to the Shrine of Christ Passion in St. John, Indiana. I don't know if if anyone has been there. It's, It's very, very beautiful. It was my first time. Um, And pretty much what it is is different stations of the road to the cross from, um, I think it starts with the Last Supper and goes all the way to Resurrection. And um, it's about a mile, maybe a little over. And um, as we're walking, we were trying to imagine what it would be like to be there. to, to, To be sitting at the same table as Christ during the Last Supper, to go with him in the garden, um, to go and see him take up the cross and be judged and be hit and be spit on. And it started started becoming actually very, very, very painful. Um, And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is the, the painful that this week, the pain that this week brings with it. And I think in our day to day life, we see a lot of that pain. We see a lot of pain and we sense it in everywhere that we go. Um, we see pain in just our loneliness. So I, I don't need to tell you guys the research. You're, you're welcome to see it yourself. But I, there is a lot, you know, we're supposed to be 
able to communicate with the entire world. The whole world is supposed to be much closer now. But as we all know, the world is lonelier than ever before. And we see it from little kids to adults to much, much older seniors. It's, it's everywhere. We see a lot of pain in trying to do the right thing. We see a lot of pain in standing up for what's right, standing up for our faith. We see a lot of pain in the things that we could be doing here at church and the fasting and the long hours. We were kind of calculating it on the way over today with, with some of the high schoolers. And I think if you attend every church service from today till next Saturday, to Feast of Resurrection, you attend 70 hours of services. And those six days have 144 hours of you know, time. So about half of the week, half of the six days would be spent in church. And that could get a little bit painful. In the world, there is that much pain. But a philosophy of the world almost, something that's getting integrated into our lives, is to escape that pain somehow. So um, one way to kind of face it, but you're kind of escaping it at the same time, is maybe like if, if you, you know, they tell you, okay, you're facing a lot of problems, you're facing a lot of pain, okay, go speak to someone about it. And depending on that someone, it could be helpful or hurtful. Um, a lot of other ways that we kind of escape that pain is by numbing it. And we see this a lot with, you know, the drug abuse, alcohol abuse, medication abuse, whatever it may be, there is a lot of numbing of the pain. Or we just straight up run away from the problem. I was trying to think of a good example of someone that ran away from the problem and Jonah. You know, Jonah was one of the characters that came to mind of someone that ran away from the problem. God gave them, asked them to do something. And then instead of following that day, he kind of ran away. Um, and I, like, I started to think about it more, and this was something that kind of talked about before, but this pain of Jonah was really for his own salvation. If we think about it, was Jonah the only one in the entire world for God to send to Nineveh? There was no other prophet ever? No, there must have been. But why Jonah specifically when God knew that he was going to run? Because I think that Nineveh, Nineveh was for Jonah, Jonah was not for Nineveh. You know, anyone could have went to Nineveh. Jonah didn't really say much. He just said, three days, everything is going to burn and all of you are going to die. He didn't really say much. But God put Nineveh in Jonah's path so that by the end of the story, Jonah really repents. So that pain that Jonah was running from ended up being the key to his own salvation. And I want us to think about that. So that's in the world. But okay, what about in the church? What about with Christ? And if you look on the cross right here, or, you know, if you, um, seen, you've seen a lot of icons with, with Christ holding the cross, he's almost, you know, embracing it. When we were at the shrine yesterday, we were looking it up and stuff, and um, the cross was about, they're estimating that the cross was about 100 pounds. And he, you know, was beaten so many times and didn't sleep the night before and was walking for hours beforehand. But he was really, really embracing it. And I want us to take that mentality and that becomes our focus for this week. How can we embrace that pain of the cross? How can we embrace the pain that is in our life? 
in fasting, in helping others, in choosing to do the right thing, even when it's awkward. I want us to, to in our prayers, to like one one of the the priests that I was speaking to, you know, he was telling me, ask this week, ask God, what do you want me to carry for you this week? What do you want me to carry for you? He's carrying our cross and he's carrying our sins and he's carrying everything. But really, like, God, what do you want me to carry for you this week? Um, someone that almost said the same exact sentence was Saul. When he, saw, when he saw the Lord, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Um, one of my favorite saints of all times is St. Ignatius of Antioch. And if you don't know his story or his life, um, I would highly recommend to be something to be read during this week. It's, it's beautiful and his letters are amazing. St. Ignatius of Antioch was a bishop of Antioch, which is in Syria, and he was captured, he was very old in age, he was captured and uh, this is, he was a disciple of St. John the Beloved, so very early on. He was captured and he was dragged across all the way to Rome where he was going to be put in the Colosseum and eaten by lions. That was his final destination. He knew exactly what was going to happen to him. St. Ignatius wrote a letter as he was going across to the church of Ephesus. And he said the following, and I want us to kind of pay attention to what he was saying. He, he said, keep on praying for others too, for there's a chance of their being converted and getting to know God. So our prayers could help convert and get others to know God. Let them learn from you at least by your actions. Return their bad temper with gentleness, their boasts with humility, their abuse with prayer. In the face of their error, be steadfast in the faith, return their, violence, return their violence with mildness, and do not intend on getting your own back. So whatever action is being taken, return it with the exact opposite. By, your, by our patience, let us show we are their brothers, intent on imitating the Lord, seeing which of us can be more wronged. Seeing which of us can be more wronged, more robbed, more despised. Thus no evil will be found among you, but thoroughly pure and self-control you will remain body and soul united to Christ. See who's able. So he's almost asking us to go and seek more pain. Go seek more humiliation. Go seek to be wronged more, to be afflicted more. And the, like, you know, like the, almost like the biggest loser, if you want to call him that, that person is, is he who's going to be imitating and be united with Christ more. The challenge, the challenge for this week is to embrace that pain and not really run away from it. To get stronger by that fire, just like the three youth. Because in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the pain, that's when we see Christ. Um, the gospel of the first hour today has one of like the most beautiful verses. It says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. And I was trying to research this last week how wheat is grown. I became like a world expert in wheat growing just based off of, you know, Googling things. Um, the process is very, very long. So you like, you start off by like, getting the soil ready, and then you spread a bunch of seeds, 
and then you kind of have to cover it up and you water it with a lot of water and then you wait and depending if there's rain or not you water more and two-thirds of a year later the crop is almost ready for you to be able to get the wheat out of it and then um, I was watching some videos and this guy had like I don't know, probably feel as big as this church and he ended up having enough wheat to for like I don't know, like 12 loaves or something like that it wasn't very much the point of that is to to see how the the pain the suffering that takes place with the grain of wheat that is what produces the fruit that is what is able to get us across embrace any pain that comes up this week again we could take on additional pain of, of fasting um, humbling ourselves putting ourselves down pain of coming like I think we a lot of times we're very scared to come face to face with our real selves and our own struggles and our own sins and this week is, is exactly for that for us to come face to face with that so that we're able to put it on the cross by the time Friday comes repenting and putting everything on him this is this painful process that we have to go through and it's not easy at all it's much easier said than done we all have that pain and unless we embrace it with his help we'll never be able to free, be free from it again what will you carry with him just like he carried something for us and I want us to end off with um, um, a quote from the book of if you love me by um, uh, father Matthew the poor he's talking to servants but of course each one of us are servants but I want us to kind of keep this image in mind he says in the servant's mind his soul and body are pressed and exalted by the yoke of service since it's a type of a cross this death that he voluntarily undergoes by frequent visuals fast prayers asceticism and constant concern for the people he serves any person who prays for the, the people suffers for them loses sleep so that they might rest fast in their place or repent in their name just as the Lord death renowned to his glory and gave life to those whom he died so also who those who die in love and honor for Christ's sake work for the redemption of sinners the work that we do for others the pain that we take on in order to have others rest or to have others be better whatever it may be this is what this week is about Christ willingly taking all of these things on and not caring at all whether it's fair or not fair was impossible no one else could do it but he freely took it on and I want us to almost do the same thing take on the extra pain the extra suffering that this week could bring so that we're able to after the cross be resurrected with him and glory be to God forever amen